Hey, this is Tom Atona, Bullet Club original, OG, triple, triple, O freaking G, New Japan pro wrestling athlete, and you're listening to Wrestle In. Welcome to Flight of Five, a Wrestle In podcast where we rank our top five in a variety of wrestling categories. I am Ryan Dilbert, Wrestle In columnist, fiction writer, and generally awkward human being. I am joined today by Kieran, our resident gift master, interview extra- interviewer extraordinaire, and number one arch rival of TV Asashi. So glad to have you, Kieran. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm very excited about this. I wish I could gift New Japan again, but as you said, TV Asahi don't like me or any of uh, any of us gifters on Twitter. Yeah, and to me, that kind of blows my mind that coming down on, on you and all the other gift guys because you're not posting like full matches you're not spoiling anything it's just drumming up interest and i feel like there's been promotions or wrestlers that i've gotten into because of clips like that yeah absolutely i mean when it happened um like kevin kelly is very much for gifts and he's tried to mm-hmm. do what he can um there's other people within the company who I won't mention their names, but they are actively working with TVSR. He's kind of come up with a, a rule book of sorts to say, okay, you can do this, you can't do this, which is fair enough, um, at least. And we know where we stand. And when I first um, got hit with all the strikes and everything, I did have a wrestler or two from New Japan reach out to me just to DM and say, what's going on? And it sucks. And they're sorry it's happening. Because obviously, the wrestlers themselves enjoy it as well. So, And I mean, Kenny Omega is always responding to you. Yeah, he um like when um I had to start posting pictures instead of gifts. They they uh, he, there was a best of soup juniors match with El Desperado that I'd done, and he was like, "This was a great match, but it's not the same without the gifts." Absolutely. Um, I'm really you know I'm curious about how it's going to go today because I know that you're a big New Japan guy. I know that you're a big Despy fan. I don't really know where your tastes lie outside of new japan so it's going to be sort of a going in blind for me here yeah it's a good point i mean i i've always kept up with AEW since it was conceived but it's mm-hmm. more the past you know the punk the brian everything going on that i've now started to give it more attention and actually watch dynamite rather than just watching clips on youtube already um i'll go out my way to watch uh, dynamite and rampage every week on fight so uh it was uh i've got a, a varied unique uh, selection i like to think i've tried to steer away from some of the obvious guys okay excellent um so our our topic today is dream e1 entrance would you you know who would you like to see come in and and kill it and the g1 climax uh, partially thought of this because last year when john moxley came in it was just this exciting brush uh you know fresh air many different types of matchups and then this year because partially because of covid large, largely because of covid didn't get the most exciting field in the world uh you know guys like chase owens and tamatanga they feel like they did what many people expected them to do but it, it still didn't have that like star power of like wow it's john moxley it's this you know this big name from from somewhere else yeah absolutely the john moxley one was wildly exciting he got so many eyes he had these amazing matches he obviously got you know the, the coveted five stars from Meltzer for his match with Ishii 
you know, um, the Yano match has gone down in infamy because it was his first loss <laughs> since he left WWE and, it's, you know, taken on its own life as a meme. It was such a big breath of fresh air. And then, yeah, they haven't been able to do it. I mean, last year it was a bit because guys hadn't been to Japan for a while for COVID. So it was like a foreigner's going to come in. And then, you know, Osprey and Jay White and others were announced. And then this year, um, because of, yeah, the ongoing COVID and then because obviously New Japan of America is picking up steam as well, they didn't really have, you know, there wasn't a Jay White, there wasn't an Osprey. And obviously Suzuki was doing his incredible US tour. Um, so he wasn't in it this year either. Yeah, so we're just going to dream ahead, dream to a G1 that would have some amazing somebody from somewhere else. Um, how did you approach putting this list together? I know you had, you had some, some struggles with it. Yeah, I just was like, I started just thinking and I was going through all these different promotions, uh, roster pages, and I was like, oh, that'll be good. And then before I knew it, I had like 20 or 30 names. And <laughs> obviously that's way too many. So I was like, okay, let's be more realistic. And then I managed to get down to 15 and I was like, Jesus Christ, I still have another 10 names to pick off of this list. Um, right. So, and then I was like, well, I'm sure there's all names that we know we all want in a G1. So I'm going to try and not pick them. Not because I don't okay. want them, but just for the sake of topic and the sake of variety, I've not picked some of the most obvious guys. Not that I don't want them, but just because I know we all want them. Okay. Yeah, I tried to, I, my first, Around was a very WWE heavy. Wanted to balance it out. Um, maybe the same thing. Trying to trying to find some variety, and then it, it helped me too to think. I want to put some guys in the Dream Super Juniors category. Separate it that way. That helped. That helped. Just be like, okay, that's two different lists. Yeah, I thought the same um, when I was doing this. I was like, okay, no, he could go in best of Super Juniors actually. So we'll put him to the side. Um, and yeah, just thinking like that as well. So I think that leads right into the honorable mentions because I have two two of my honorable mentions are guys I put in that super junior category. Um, I put Pac, normally uh, Neville. He would kill it in a G1, but super juniors would be such a great fit. Um, just one of the most athletic guys around. And he hasn't he hasn't touched a lot of these matchups, so that would be awesome. Um, and a similar thought with Jonathan Gresham. Again, could do very well in a heavyweight style, but be even better with uh, the Super Juniors. So, and also, that just helped me put two guys aside. It made room for five more. Yeah, Gresham, Gresham is a great show. Obviously, he was in the best of Super Juniors in 2019, I want to say. Um and he wasn't the most memorable in that tournament. But, you know, since then, becoming the uh, pure champion in RH and taking on this new persona, he is absolutely unbelievable now. And he's clinical and one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. So for him to do the best of Super Juniors again now, it would be like an entirely different man in the tournament. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing I struggled with because guys like uh, Go Shiyazaki, who who have been in the G1 years ago, but so much better now it would be just a different experience um and nakajima from from noah as well was in there long you know years ago now is just turned this corner i don't know how much noah you watch but he's the the ghc heavyweight champion and has really really taken charge of like that main event role 
presence, his personality is off the charts. That wasn't the case early on. I'd like to see him come back, but I didn't want to pick anybody who's you know, who's been there before. So I wanted all new guys. Yeah, I done the same. I had um Goji Ozaki in my honorable mentions. Like you said, obviously he was in the G one in twenty ten, but you know, that's more than a decade ago. He's a different Absolutely. performer now. So to see him enter again would be wild. And then um unfortunately I don't watch much Japanese I don't watch much wrestling in general outside of New Japan. Um but in uh, Japan especially I don't watch much. Um so, you know, I ignorantly can't pick some names from Noah and DDT, but uh, I said Go Shirozaki is an honourable mention, but also um, from DDT, I, I, again, and a, a guy I've not seen tons of, but I've seen enough to know he's special, is a, and I might butcher his name a bit, uh, Konsuke Takeshita, of course, from DDT. Um, I'd love to see him in a G1 as an honourable mention. And then uh, another guy, of course, that everyone uh, who's a fan of Japanese wrestling should know is uh, Daisuke Sekimoto. I think he'd be special in a G1. And and maybe especially if you could go back in time, maybe five years, Sakamoto. Um, he's still really great, but he's slowing down physically. Um, would love to see him in a couple of years ago. Still, he can he can kill it. I just saw him in Mura um, at a Big Japan match. Um, still tells a great story. Still controls the crowd. Um, definitely thought about Sakamoto as well. And Do you then, have any other honorable mentions? Yeah, so I kind of like split mine into East and West. So um, oh, I had uh, okay. I had Goshi Ozaki, Sekimoto, and Takashita for um, Japan that would be honorable mentions. And then, you know, my West list is kind of names that will definitely be on anyone else's list. And there's probably some names here that are on your list. But as I said, for the sake of variety, I've just not included them. Um, okay. You know, obvious being Brian Danielson, CM Punk, uh, Malachi Black, Cesaro, Walter. Um, none of them have actually made my top five list, and then uh, oh okay, and then I also thought Ray Phoenix. I'm not sure, you know, he could easily go either way. He'd likely be in best of Super Juniors, but he'd kill it just as easy in a G1. And then um, I think if you picked any name out of a hat of the New Japan Strong roster, they would kill it in the G1. You know, specifically, I'd love to see Chris Dickinson and Alex Coglinger uh, making the trip to Japan and entering a G1. Yeah, I think I think those are. Likely, like Chris Dickinson coming over soon. Like now that he has this connection to Japan, um, that's very feasible. Like some of these other ones are very, they're definitely dream. Like we're not going to see um, some of these WWE guys, but it's a very good possibility, and that would that would be great. Could work with anybody, about anybody. So, um, yeah, my interest, my list will be interesting because. You did name you just named some of them. So um <laughs> let's let's start with your your official list, your number five. Okay, sure. So my first pick, my number five, I thought I'd go with open things up with someone who might be a bit of a, a spicy take. Um mm. I went with John Cena. Um oh. uh, you know, I think spicy indeed. I think it'd either be spectacular or it'd be disastrous. But it's gonna be interesting either way. Um it's one of those things you'd have to see to believe. You know, um, forever, everyone's always said they'd love to see Cena versus Tanahashi, which I'm all for, but I'd be far more intrigued to see what a Cena versus Ishii match looks like or a Cena versus Shingo match looks like, you know, to see him, you know, kind of take the punishment and see whether he equally dishes it back out and have to adjust from the glitz and glamour to just the nitty gritty 
ground and pound, you know, strong style that is New Japan. I mean, I think he so much pride. If you were like, you can't do this, he'd be like, yeah, let me show you. Um, and I've early in his career, I was like one of those people that wasn't into him and just just didn't like his general vibe. But you know, when he had that U.S. title run, that was really really switched my opinion on him. Where he, you know, he worked with so many different guys and and start bringing out moves you hadn't seen from him. The joke is always the five moves of doom, but that's just the WWE style. Um, repeat the same patterns. You can do a lot of things. Some of them are not pretty. You know, his, his drop kick is not beautiful, but um, him and AJ Styles, him and Kevin Owens, like you saw him, the wider range of uh, weapons and and see what he could do. I, I would definitely like to see that. Um, definitely one of the most unlikely ones now that he's so you know big in the hollywood scene and he's yeah that's the, the literal definition of a dream one i think was john cena <laughs> yeah he's like i'm not i'm not taking i'm not taking ishi chops and thrown around by goto and stuff <laughs> yeah. it would be great to see um my number five was in your honorable mentions um i might also butcher his name konosuke takeshita from ddt uh, I I'm a kind of DDT watcher who just skips to the big matches and the serious matches. Don't like all the comedy stuff. Um, and Takeshita is like one of the most you know consistent performers over there. He just had this really great match this year with uh, Jun Akiyama for their for their big title. He can he can work more power style. He can fly around the ring. And working in DDT, you know he can do comedy, so he can do the Yano match. Um, I'd love to see Takeshita versus Obushi. I think that would that would be killer. Um, Takeshita's also really great at selling. Like when he's suffering in there and and you know getting pounded, he really makes you believe, and you're gonna get that in the G1. So you can tell some really great stories there. Yeah, from the limited exposure I've had to him, I like, you know, everything you've said are the reasons why he I've instantly known he's gonna be and is a big star and, you know, the future's so bright for him. Um he could easily be, you know, I think he's relatively young, uh, and he could easily be the ace of uh, you know, I'm not sure if he is the ace of DDT, but he easily could be and he could easily fit that mold in uh New Japan as well in a G one. He's definitely young and and a rising star, so Imagine him getting on this stage, so much, you know, so much pressure and stepping up to it and getting even better. So, um, partially putting him on potential. Well, for uh, my, uh, sorry, my number four. Um, yeah. I know people like to laugh and joke, so take this, whatever name you want to for this, but um, El Generico slash Sami Zayn was my number four. Okay. Um, I've been, for doing my gifts, I've been watching tons of El Generico stuff recently. Uh, you know, film with DDT and Ring of Honor and uh, a bit of PWG. And it's mind-blowing just how good he was as El Generico. You know, I can't speak for what Sami Zayn is like today. I haven't watched much WWE for the past few years. 
But um, if he's still got any of that El Generico-ness that he had back in the day when he was on the independence, he would absolutely rock it in a G1 climax. Um, he's, you know, the top rope brain buster that he always does, uh, that he used to yeah. do as El Generico, it just makes me wince every time. I don't know how it happens and someone doesn't get killed. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and he's obviously got such an established history in Japan as well already with DDT. You know, he's done so many goofy matches messing around, but then he's also had insane five-star match of the year contenders with, you know, likes of Kouribushi and Kenny Omega whilst he's been in DDT. Yeah, I feel like he's one of the best underdogs around, especially especially in his NXT run. So you put him in there with these bigger guys, you put him there with bigger names. Even if he's losing a lot of the matches, but I think that you would be really invested and, and a lot of great near falls. Um, you, you said something about him not being whether or not he's himself at El Generico. He, I haven't seen much in the last year or so, but when he's in there with Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen, you see that come out. So it's just like a lack of opportunity, I think, mostly. Yeah, of working course. Working shorter and... matches, working this WWE style. So I think he would be so elated to have the freedom, the creative freedom, and to work with all these guys um, and then tear it up. Also a guy that would be great for the Super Juniors. Yeah, if you wanted to, to yeah that absolutely. Way. Yeah. I went the opposite direction. I'm my number four. Um, Walter, from, from super underdog to like big dominant <laughs> alpha male. Um. He is a guy that you can like leave right away. You know, like Zack Saber Jr. comes in, you, and you, you kind of have to sell me on being a contender. Oh, okay, I see. He he did this. He did that. Now now I believe. Walter walks in the room, and you go, okay, this guy's a threat. I don't care where he comes from. He's big. He's bad. Um, supreme amount of presence. And just you, you don't get to see it very much because they're sticking him on. XT UK, whatever reason, um, he kills it against everybody. Like, if you did like a batting average of great matches, I don't know if someone has a better average than Walter. Like, everything he does is at least really, really good. And his matches against uh, Dragunov, the best things I've enjoyed from WWE recently. Um, I first thought is Walter versus Ishii, Walter versus Goto, the G1. I think you could get the best of evil you would ever get. Walter versus evil. Bring out the, sl the slugfest side of evil. Um, just tremendous options across the board with the yeah, big man. I think it would be very satisfying to see uh, Walter chop the soul out of Dick Togo whilst he's trying to do his antics. <laughs> Um, you start a little bit of that and just knock him into next week and then get down to business. Then him trading shots with Ishii or Goto or, or you know, some more like brawler type guy. Um, it's it's one of those, it's like a lot of people have mentioned that. So I'm not being especially unique, but just I, I agree with the crowd on that one. No, absolutely. What I would have, if I was, if it, if I was just making my own list for personal reasons, Walter would be on it. Like if it was just for private reasons, 
um, you know, Water would 100% be at the top of that list. He's one of the few guys that hasn't been watered down by WWE, whether that is because he's on uh, WWE UK or not. Um, but the guy is just, there's no one else like him. He is this. It feels, big... feels, feels special because, in part, because you don't see him that often. Um, in part, because he's so unique. Just a big yeah. guy, but like, can move around so well. And um, you, you just don't see that. Yeah, he would dominate in a G1. Um, and he would make interesting matches because you'd get the guys that are usually the stronger players, the, the Ishis, the Gotos, the Evils, the Shingos, that would now be the weaker of the two that would be fighting the uphill battle, whereas they're the ones that are usually on top. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm very curious now. <laughs> you've, you've, you've hit me with Sami Zayn and John Cena, and I did not expect either, so... I'm curious about your number three. Well, we haven't planned this, you know, we went from yeah. uh, Walter, but my number three is actually Ilya Drogonov. Um, oh. So okay. I saw him wrestle for the first time at an X a WXW event in London uh, in 2018. And I'd never seen or heard of him before. I think he was a champion at the time. He came out, you know, he's got his glowing eyes and this, mm. like, aura about him. And um, just during the match, he chopped his opponent. And I f may have shit myself a little bit because I thought someone fired a gun. <laughs> it literally just sounded like a bullet had gone off. I'd never uh -huh. heard a chop like it before. Um, I've seen Walter wrestle plenty of times, but this one chop from Ilya just absolutely uh, terrified me. Um, he's just one of those guys that instantly draws you in from, you know, his entrance music in uh, NXT UK is great. And then, you know, he's got the big jacket and just the way he walks and moves his face, everything. And, you know, you don't need to know his character or history. You just watch him for five minutes and you're hooked. Mm -hmm. He's, um, he'd be perfect for a G1. He's like got such a violent, menacing presence. He kind of, um, Absolutely. almost makes me think of like a alter, like a, a twisted, uh, sadistic, sadistic version of Brian Danielson. Like, you know, if Brian Danielson had a, oh, uh, yeah. a dark or ego from another dimension or something like Ilya would right. be phenomenal in a G1. Yeah, his physical style would fit right in. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of all the matchups right now. I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of Dragunov. Dragunov, Obushi. Sounds amazing. Um, I always think Ishii because Ishii is like the G1 MVP. He's great against anybody. So Dragunov, Ishii sounds incredible. Um, with you on this, I, I hadn't thought that direction. I went for opponent but his um his nxt uk opponent but yeah i'm i'm definitely with you there uh my three my number three is from the wwe universe as well cesaro i think you mentioned him honorable mention yeah i again he's one that i would 100 percent want to see in a g1 no question but i just imagine working like so many different types of matches Every night, different opponent, different styles. So let's do like a grapple thing with Zack Sabre Jr. Let's do a big suplex thing with Goto. Let's just beat each other up with Suzuki. Um, and I don't know if there's a more creative person offensively. Just those kinds of stuff in there. Um, and I, I imagine that he's bored. Like, and he has been for years. Not being able to like fully spread his wings, and you know, doing all a lot of goofy stuff over in WWE, and and 
to come back to come to Japan and go against all these top guys and just big stage brutal stuff. I think that would light massive fire under him. He'd just kill it. Yeah, he's one of those guys that on occasion gets the chance to show just how good he is in WWE to mm-hmm. an extent. Like he can show us just how strong he is and how athletic he is and that he's this all rounder. But he doesn't get to do it all the time, and he never really gets, definitely never gets to do it to the uh, best of his ability. And it's the case it with all these. Like... Sorry, you just see him holding. You see him holding back. You now he does a couple of things, and you're like, "I know you have more." But Vince was like, "Don't outshine the other guy," or what have you. Yeah, it's the case of all the guys from WWE we've mentioned. Just knowing that they are capable of so much more, and just having the G1 as an outlet, basically, for them to prove that and show. You know, because it'll be up for the guys that have seen their older work. It's a reminder, and for you know, people that only know Cesaro from his time in WWE, it's just an, mm-hmm. an eye-opening experience for them to say, to you know, to see this guy that they've watched for years and that he's capable of so much more. And this is you know another name that comes up a lot. These discussions, I feel like, kind of, we might be running out of time for that to like really happen. So he's getting older. He's taking all this, you know. So many, so many years, so many miles. At some point, it's going to be like old man Cesaro, which might be great. Fifty-year-old Cesaro might be superb still. I'd love to see it like soon. Possible. I don't know what his contract situation is like, but um, no, love to see it before slower Cesaro. I never thought about old man, uh, old man Cesaro. Um, and like you know, obviously in the vein of old man logan that definitely could be something really interesting and cool <laughs> yeah um who's your number two so my number two is someone from your honorable mentions but because it is my dream list i said fuck the best of super juniors and <laughs> i picked pack as my number two okay um you know of course he would fit in the best of super juniors but i want him in a g1 he I, and i don't want him coming in as a you know, the Hiromu-esque, I'm a junior, but I want to prove myself against the heavyweights. I just want him to enter as a full-fledged heavyweight. Um, he's just perfect in the ring. He never really, like, you know, he doesn't put a fair place and he's good at everything, you know. Uh, once upon a time, you would have called him one of the best high flies in the world, but that just undermines him these days because he's such an all-rounder. Uh, you know, he's obviously going to be, in terms of height, he's going to be one of the smallest guys, but that's about it, you know. Ishii isn't the tallest he's guy so, in the world. He's so built and he looks so looks menacing you know there are wrestlers out there that are small and they like i could take you you know um but pack like it looks like he's gonna tear you apart regardless of your size so i i'm with you there i i could believe him against just about anybody and yeah who's the i mean who's the big the big guys in new japan bad luck fale you know okay not i'm not super impressed i i I can feel you beating him. And Shingo are not that different in size. And so I think that's that big of a, a issue. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I think, get him in. Like, you know, he's such a, a, a like, you know, height-wise, he's not. But as you said, he's, like, built like a brick shithouse. Um, and just get him in and like, have him fucking German suplex a few guys. Just throw him all over the place that, you know, a smaller guy you might not expect to be able to do, but Pac would be able to do it with ease and just... Uh, insert himself and dominate like straight off the bat just to show you know he is a heavyweight he's not here to play around i imagine like naito and abushi being guys who are like willing to to wreck their necks 
sake of a story, be like, okay, absolutely, let's let's do some nutty stuff. God, did you see the Pac um, Andrade match Rampage? Yeah, the top rope brainbuster, man. They're just crazy like, to look, see that. We're gonna go balls to the wall. What do you think? Okay, we'll do this, this, this crazy, crazy stuff. So you know, Bushi's like, yes, yes, check, check. <laughs> I'll do all that. Naito's like, yep, let's just do the craziest thing we can think of, and it would it would be nuts for sure. Yeah, I like you know if we got him in a best of Super Juniors, I certainly wouldn't complain. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose the real dream is that he does both, like uh, Will Ospreay done a couple of years ago. I I only put him in my until Super Juniors be, just to make life easier for me, <laughs> make make room, um, and make the list lo- shorter. But he was he was one of the first names that came in my head as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number two, I went to all Japan to Kento Miyahara, a, a guy that get a lot of buzz just because all japan is not viewed very often by, by a lot of people but if you ever watch all japan he is the obvious star in the group super amount of presence best worker they have he's like been the ace and the champion a long time and then keep putting the belt in other guys but it doesn't feel the same just out of sake of variety but really he should be the top guy all the time um, and he, one of his best skills is he brings out best in the other guy. Um, there's a guy, Jake Lee, all Japan. They want to be a star and they keep pushing and they keep trying. They've only been interested in Jake Lee when he's against Miyahara because Miyahara brings something out in him. I just can't imagine what he would do with guys who are like top level. Um, my first thought is like Miyahara versus Tanahashi, like ace versus ace. You could really, I mean, all of the matches would be match. Yeah, I admittedly don't know anything about modern day or Japan. Um, I've heard the name thrown around and Jake Lee a lot. Uh, but that's one of the good things about, you know, it, it hasn't happened for a while now. I think the last time was 2016 where there was outsiders from Japan in the tournament and it was uh, Marafuji and Nakajima. Um, it's always one of the exciting things about G1 is to get these guys in the tournament and then, you know, they get the boost from it as well, because obviously New Japan is the biggest promotion in Japan. So I would love to see, you know, based on your recommendation, someone like Miyahara enter the G1 so that, you know, it's in my face and he's against names that I know mm-hmm. and I can understand mm-hmm. who he is and what he's about. And then, you know, that's only going to inspire me and others to then want to watch him more in all Japan. And his character is very straightforward. You know, like uh, the, the cocky guy, big robes, like um, in your face, sort of. Uh, Abe Meltzer once compared him to The Miz which got people all weirded out I can see what he's saying but to me he's more like Ric Flair-esque in that sense like cocky heel that's very flashy um, modern and and nasty and like um, superb all around Uh, it sounds like we have to have an all Japan watch party Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, I can tell you the first thing about modern day all Japan. I'm constantly watching, you know, the, the golden 80s and 90s with Giant Barber and the Four Pillars and all that. But I know the modern day, I wouldn't have the first idea. It's just a thinner roster, is, is one of the things. So I feel like Yahara has run through all the matches he's, 
he can have where he is. Putting him in the G1 is like all of a sudden you have nine new fresh bouts. Um, and expose him to, to other people. And, and I think people will be hooked right away. Yeah, no, I'd love to see it. It's, just, it's one of the exciting things about wrestling is obviously finding someone new that you, you actually like and fall in love with. I'm, I'm looking at your two, three, four, five. I don't have a good sense that you're number one. Thought I could predict it, but so um, it's. I, some might think it's a bit of a cop out. I don't know. Okay. Um, my number one is uh, not going to be surprising when it's revealed, but it's also someone who is actually in New Japan. Um, so my number one is uh, Katsuyori Shibata. Uh, oh, of course he's done G ones in the past. You know, the last time was twenty sixteen. Um, but he hasn't done one since, of course, the injury, the Okada, which just elevated him to a, a whole different stratosphere. But, um, you know, him coming back for the five-minute grappling match with Zach is a long way from a full-fledged wrestling match, yet alone an entire G1 grueling tournament, um, which is why I've put him at the top of my dream list, because it still remains to be seen whether it will be possible. Right. Um, you know, his legend has just grown over the past four years, you know, to the point uh, if you do or don't know him, he's just like this mythical wrestler now. Uh, for those of us that knew and loved him, we look back so fondly. And for those of us who didn't, they just hear his name passed in like whispers. And it's just this mm. legend of the wrestler, Katsuyori Shibata. And um, him returning for a G1 just writes himself, writes itself. You'd have to think he'd be a contender to win it. Um, you know, coming back after literally almost dying, you know, the best times in wrestling are when they are. Uh, they break the uh, the kayfabe wall and it blurs fiction with reality. And since the time he's gone, there's so many fresh new matches he can have. You know, I don't think he's That's ever true. wrestled Shingo Takagi, uh, Jeff Cobb. He maybe wrestled Jay White when Jay White was a young lion. I'm not sure. Um, and then, you know, he's got his LA Dojo boys. And by the time he enters the G1, maybe they're in a G1 as well. And it's a game of master versus student. Um, they could um, do any. They, they, there's so many ways they could go with Shibata. You know, regardless of G1, but if they do put him in a G1, he's absolutely going to be a contender. And there's so much, everything is fresh again. You know, everything. And then, I mean, the energy in the building be out of this world. Like, you know, like when Kenta Kobashi came back um, in cancer, the biggest electric scene I've, I've seen. You'd see something similar about it maybe like through the whole tournament like just you said because we haven't seen him and we're like kind of uh, robbed of his career we would be so psyched uh wow um i did not i did not see that coming because like his injury is one where i was surprised he even i mean shocked that he did what he did with zach like just figured, okay, we're never going to see him again. Come to terms with that. Um, much the way that, but like with Edge, figure we were done with Edge. And then when Edge comes back, I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, <laughs> did not, did not foresee that. Um, Shibata would tear it up against all these people. And then I think my favorite and probably a lot of people's favorite G1 matches. And Ishii at like ten minute sprint, 
Miss 2014? Yeah, something like that. That's just one of the matches that when, you know, whenever the question comes up of, you know, what match would you recommend to someone who hasn't watched wrestling before? I'm like, that one. It's 10 to 15 minutes, balls to the wall. There's no no bullshit. It's just we're going to batter each other and then we're going to we're gonna kick the shit out of each other and then it's all going to be wrapped up in a nice neat bow. Just like me, what G1 should be about more often. Sometimes, especially lately, they've been kind of stretching out the shows and you, you go all like to the time limit all the time. I'd like to see more on the pedal sprints and I, just, I don't know if there's anybody better at doing something like that than Shibata that would be awesome yeah I always said um, to my partner much to her chagrin that if you know Shibata ever returned and it was announced I'd be at that show obviously I couldn't be at a G1 because no one knew it was going to happen but um, if he gets announced you know a Wrestle Kingdom match or something mm. I'll, I'll fly to Japan even if it's just for a couple of days just to see him uh, make his grand return. He's easily my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, ironically, you said Edge until I, like you know, discovered there was wrestling outside of WWE. My favorite wrestler was Edge. Um, oh wow! Okay. So maybe maybe I should pick uh, stop having favorite wrestlers because they seem to get life damaging injuries. Uh, but maybe you just pick guys who just take big risk and go all out, which is like there's something super appealing about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like Bushi, Naito. Um, Mayu Iwatani, they put their life on the line to a larger extent than than one who works a lot safer. And it's like really blows your mind sometimes. Like, oh my god, I can't believe they just did that. But it does that all the time. Yeah, from the the limited stardom I've watched, uh, Mayu is definitely my favorite as well. So. I seem to have a type. <laughs> okay. Well, not the only one. Um, so, my number one was in your honorable mentions, and it's like the first person that popped in my head uh, is Brian Danielson, who is like on an absolute tear. And I'm similar to you in the sense of, I would just peek into AEW the last couple of years, but has really drawn me in like the story of his return and the story of him kind of going back to the american dragon style and he is just awesome against everybody the kingston dustin rhodes um Kenny omega nor suzuki he is like on this high i think creatively like finally get to spread his wings again himself and he's on another level. It would be doubly that if he was in the G1 and just stepping in against all these guys. Um, I've heard him talk about wanting to, to face Nahashi and Okada and all these guys. My number one dream match, I think, overall, might be Danielson versus Okada. She could get the G1. And then, I mean, even Danielson versus, like, Jiro. I'd like to see that. Well, what could he do with him? Like, that would be really interesting. Um, everybody's going to bring their best against him. He could do in the same way in the Cesaro, like, not have the same match each time. I think that's been Danielson's, like, like 
big thing in AEW. He's he's hitting you with different finishers. He's he's doing different types of matches, brawling, grappling. Um, he can do anything in the ring, just like uh, Pack. So he's my number one with ease. Yeah, he would again. He would have been on my list if I just wasn't going for the variety. Um, I thankfully with Danielson, it seems like it's a matter of uh, when as opposed to if. Um, you know, anytime someone signs with AEW now, one of the questions they get asked is, you know, do you want to go in New Japan? And Brian has said very up that he wants to um do the G1 climax. He's made no, uh, he's not trying to hide it by any means. Um, and yeah, again, no matter who he wrestles, it is going to be good. You know, it's funny to say Yujiro, but also it would be good. Uh, it'd be better than most Yujiro matches, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to think he would not necessarily not go all the way but you know a daniel bryan a brian danielson g1 climax final in the budokan uh there's oh, wow. some there's that's that's just sounds so special um and you know more than likely he's not going to win because of, you know he can't be in japan for the next six months and all of that jazz but it doesn't stop you from getting invested and you're not gonna you're still gonna fall for every near fall which uh new japan are great at doing in general um and he has, I do love, that's one thing I've loved about his run in AEW is he's winning every match in a different way. Uh, he's doing, like, you know, what we expect from Zack Sabre in New Japan, he's doing it in AEW. And that element just makes every match of his so much more exciting just because a win can come from anywhere. It can be a submission, you know, it can be the Psycho Knee, it can be, uh, you know, the label Lock, whatever it may be. Um, I love how the Suzuki match seems to finish very suddenly from the knee, but it wasn't anticlimactic at all. It was just a shock, instant finish, and it really worked. Absolutely. Um, I feel like he's an artist who was like Ring of Honor and, and on the indie scene doing what he wanted to do, and then had to do throughout his WWE run like a very condensed Know, commercialized version. I can't imagine how frustrating that must have been. So then to come out, come to Japan, come to G1, and just do whatever you want, tear it up. All these guys super excited. Um, like you said, one of the dreams, dream ones that could happen here. Uh, Miyahara is like feasible, depending on contract. Danielson is near the forbidden door. Um, definitely possibility. So, fingers crossed. All of the fingers crossed. Yeah, Danielson will absolutely. He's definitely going to show up in New Japan in one form or another. Uh, hmm. Hopefully, they're just willing to let him. You know, be in Japan for a whole month for AEW um, and yeah, let him do the G one. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Moxie only got to do it really because he hadn't signed with AEW yet, had he? He was still a free agent, technically, wasn't he? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't remember, but. Um, it's like everything that Moxley was that star power, but more like just bigger star. And as much as I love Moxley, like Danielson is like a better worker. It would be it would be awesome. Um, I'm looking now back at our list here. I had Keshta, Walter, Cesaro, Mihara, Danielson. You went Cena, Zane. Aganoff, Ak, Shibata. Um, I take either of those. Yeah, Ak's both there. are 
both our number one picks are guys that for all intents and purposes should never be stepping in a ring again, ironically. <laughs> and then we're putting them in the <laughs> most grueling tournament, tournament in wrestling. <laughs> we're, we're just sadist, I guess. Um, if they're willing to, you know, let's do what you guys know. I used to be more of a safety patrol guy, like, oh, let's you know, ban this move, ban this move. Their mentality is like, they're willing to do anything. So, you know, let them yeah, do I it think and enjoy it. The one, the one thing I absolutely do not like, and um, I'll sit there, you know, my girlfriend will be in the living room half paying attention to the wrestling, half probably playing Animal Crossing on her Nintendo Switch, um, is if there's uh, actual headbutts, shoot headbutts, whatever you want to call them, uh, just, you know, because yeah. of what happened with Shibata uh, and him being my favorite wrestler. Just any time there is one, I will audibly start, like, say, stop. Um, I just don't want to see it. It's just the, the risk is not worth the reward. You know Danielson is, is very willing to do that. That's how he got in trouble in the first place with his brain. Um, just banging heads with Nigel McGuinness, whoever. It's hard, I mean, it's hard to stop a guy who is just set on doing this crazy stuff. And you're like, I, I want to enjoy it, but I don't. I don't want to feel guilty about it. Headbutts are the time where I start to be squeamish. Um, I've been peeking into Big Big Japan recently. They got a guy named Nomura who every match he's like busting his head open with shoot headbutts. Like you're like 23 years old or whatever. Like this cannot end well. Also can't look away. So yeah, it, it's difficult, isn't it? It's like one. It's when, like you know, when um watching the Shibata Okada match, when you watch it back, it's always bittersweet because it's this unbelievable, uh, you know, uh, euphoric match. But then you know how it's going to end, and you know when those headbutts hit, what's happening inside of Shibata, and it's kind of, you know, you it's amazing, but also it's terrifying at the same time. Absolutely, um. I'm wondering, I'm trying to think if I could trade one of my guys for yours. I might take Pac from your list. Just to, I started to imagine all the possibilities. And it's amazing across the board. So that's where I would go if I had to steal one from you. I think the, the interesting with Pac is he's, he is a Dragon Gate guy, isn't he? Um, you know, he's been, he did do a best right. of, he did do a best of Super Juniors. I couldn't tell you when um, a long time ago. Uh, but He's a I different think, guy now. Yeah, and I think in that best opportunity, he was there as a representative of Dragon Gate, like how, you know, Marafuji and Nakajima were representatives of Noah. Uh, he took a turn, like, late in the WWE run. Um, he, like, put it together in this way that he went on another level, and then he went on that tour. Um, he was working a lot of shows in England. It was like you have just jumped up from whatever tier you were to the next one. Yeah, Nasty I went to um, right, I, went, I went to a Rev Pro show at a venue called the Cockpit, and it's like maybe 150, 200 people. It's huh? not many. Um, I think it was Pack versus maybe El Fantasma in the main event. I can't remember, but it was Pack versus somebody. And you know, it's really small. You're up close to the ring, and there was this kid, like child, in the front row. And I don't remember how it started, but. Eventually, Pat got in his kid's face and shouted, and the kid was terrified. 
like in <laughs> tears. He's like maybe eight years old. Um, and then, you know, every so often for the rest of the match, you know, Pac would walk near him and the kid would run for his life. Um, you know, he's a scary looking bloke, you know. Him. He's got this messy, yeah. horrible hair that just falls down on his face. And then, you know, to be a kid and have that screaming in your face must be horrifying. It was funny as it was funny to watch as an adult, but I felt sorry for the poor <laughs> kid at the same time. Uh, it'll be a funny story. He's older. Oh, that guy scared the crap out of me when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, Aaron, if people want to see what you're up to, where should they? Where can they find you? So you can read my very sporadic writing, of course, at uh, wrestlein.com. And then you can find me on Twitter where I'm posting wrestling gifs and content quite often at, uh, at Kieran RH and then the number two because uh, TV Asahi suspended my one that didn't have any numbers. Building up this new one, so... Um, slowly by slowly and surely. I like that. I mean, I don't love that I'm not seeing the new Japan stuff during, you know, when I'm watching a big show, it was awesome to be like, oh, there's this extra, you know, layer by seeing the gifts and stuff. You're, you've been forced to go in different directions like stardom or um, old all Japan or DDT. So it's, it's been fun to see the different, different direction here. Yeah, it's worked out in a way. Like um, when I first started doing my on on this day gifts and tweets, I was f- focused on New Japan, and obviously there's not something New Japan related every single day of the year. Um, and that's how I first started watching, you know, the golden classics of uh, 80s and 90s, uh, All Japan and Noah, and then dipping my toes into 2000s Noah, uh, 80s and 90s All Japan and New Japan, mm. and then 2000s Noah. You know, and discovering uh, how much of a little bastard Kenta was when he was younger, uh, but amazingly, <laughs> but amazingly so. And then there's still not stuff every day of the week and every day of the year. So I uh, started speaking to um Trent, who of course writes wrestling and is another Joshi uh, Joshi um encyclopedia like yourself. And he was suggesting me stardom matches, so now I do watch more stardom than I have done before, which is why I mentioned how oh, great. I, I, I love Mayu. She just absolutely she's by far my favorite in the ring. Yeah, there's a reason she's been so popular and so um and been the ace for a long time. Um you can find me a very easy to find um my name, first and last name is is my account. At Ryan Dilbert. I also collect some of my best wrestling columns and best um, fiction at ryandilbert.com. And I try to write regularly for Wrestle In when I'm not like mentally exhausted from being a dad and a teacher. <laughs> and um, on, if I write anywhere else, I'll pop it up on Twitter and you'll, and you'll see that. Um, it's been really great having you, Kieran. Um, excellent list. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it was not easy in the slightest. <laughs> um, but we'll no doubt probably have to do a best of Super Juniors one at some point. I've already... Wheels are turning direction already. If I can have Pac in a G1, then maybe I can have like you know water in a best of Super Juniors. It's just, just for bring chaos into the world. Yeah. Excellent. Well, excellent. Thanks for li- listening, everyone. Until next time. Cheers. <laughs>